Hey everyone, uh, happy new year. It's uh, 2021 and everyone's uh, back to the swing of things. Uh, maybe this today or maybe the, you've got another week off. Uh, in today's Daily Cyber, what I'm going to do, and, and just to let you know, my name is Brandon Krieger. I'm a cybersecurity account executive for Usado and just helping people understand the cybersecurity landscape. And as I go through my journey of learning, you know, kind of the truth about cybersecurity, I share kind of my insights, what I'm seeing, interviews with experts, and just really kind of sharing what I'm learning through uh, the day-to-day -day, uh, grind of being in the cybersecurity industry. And it's it's amazing career to be in, but also very challenging because you always are, are learning and developing and growing. So I uh, love to say thank you so much for coming out and checking out my live stream. Depending on where you're watching this, if you're on Restream, uh, Twitch, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, I'm trying to think if there's any other channels that this is potentially streaming on Facebook. Uh, come out to YouTube. Uh, you can have the chats right there, and it's live chat. If you're on Twitch, uh, just comment on the Twitch. Let me know you're here. Uh, love to hear kind of your goals for 2021. I'm going to talk about kind of what I'm going to be working on, what I'm seeing for the planning of 2021, and then go over a few articles that I've been finding uh, through kind of my research and just really talk about kind of what to expect for 2021 right now as we're starting and really kind of look at the next, you know, you know, three months, the first quarter and kind of how we're going to proceed for, you know, 2021. So grab a coffee, grab a tea. Uh, we're going to be covering a lot of information and let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 cybersecurity support and compliance service that align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. USADO's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and how to make them. USADO offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. USADO can customize their service to work with your existing IT network and programs. For more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. Wow. So... A lot going on. I love to hear kind of what you're working on, what's going on. Uh, again, depending on where you're watching, either you're on Twitch, YouTube, comment. If you're not over on those social sites, uh, jump over to one of those and you can see the the video and actually go in the live chat. And we can have a, a conversation, a real live conversation, what's going on and see how what you're working on. So I hope everyone had a happy holidays and a, kind of a little bit of a break over the holidays. I know here in, in Toronto, in Ontario, we went into another lockdown. So we were completely locked down. Uh, no visitation, no visiting family, nothing along that line. You were supposed to be locked down and, you know, just whoever was in your household. And if you had to go into like any medical appointments, anything along that line, doctors, dentists, you know, anything like that, you were allowed to or getting any granted groceries. But other than that, you were supposed to be kind of, you know, stay at home, uh, keep safe, keep healthy, and just, you know, not spread the the COVID virus. And I think 
a lot of us were, you know, hoping to have a little bit of a, a break in the sense of going to visit family, you know, experience, you know, the holidays. But we, we do what we have to do to kind of stay safe and, and make sure that, you know, everyone is healthy. And I know for the next, I think it's until January 25th, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're locked down now for the first stage. And then hopefully it doesn't go longer than that, but we'll see. And it's just a lot going on now. Talking about the cybersecurity industry, uh, a lot of people are getting back into the swing of things and kind of what's happening, uh, especially what happens, you know, in 2020, there was a lot of things happening, a lot of ransomware attacks. Uh, we ended off the year with uh, FireEye and uh, SolarWinds, and I'm, I'm hearing that that's probably potentially still ongoing right now. A few of my colleagues that I've been following up with saying like, yeah, they're still remediation and people are still finding that they've been compromised with solar wind. So lots going on still there and it's carried over from last year to this year. So it's really interesting to look at the different challenges that we're seeing carrying over from technologies, from the, the, the pandemic, people transitioning. Uh, we were looking at just different areas and, and over the holidays, I was looking at an exam. I'm looking at the um, CCISO. Uh, which is the chief uh, certified chief information security officer uh, certification that's uh, through the EC council. And I was looking at more of the holidays just because I find my conversations are at that top down level approach when you're talking to, you know, C level people and really talking about the business side of cybersecurity and understanding the repercussions and the remediation. So how is it affecting? And this is interesting. A lot of the times when you're IT, your technology, you're thinking about solutions, technologies, implementations, you know, you're looking at your budget, for, of course, for your, your, your project, but a lot of it's driven by technology. You're thinking about, you know, who's the best technology, who's the best uh, solution provider, manufacturer, technology, you know, what's going to give us the best protection, anything along that line. But then when you talk to C-suite people, they're also on that mind, they're still thinking that level too, but they're also thinking at the higher level of the business itself. And I had an interview with Dr. Eric Cole uh, just before Christmas, and he really reminded me that we have to think of business first, especially when we're looking at uh, cybersecurity solutions. You know, how is it going to affect the revenues? You know, is it going to be a cost center or a profit center? And majority, not all, but majority of uh, cybersecurity solutions are, end up being cost centers because it costs the company money, right? Is it an operational cost that they're spending monthly or is it you know, a capital cost they're just doing kind of one-off payment and a large lump sum? And they're looking at that and how is it going to affect the business itself? And it was a really interesting conversation, a reminder, and this is why I was looking at the, the CCISO certification was to get into that mindset more when I'm talking to people. Right, as I'm going out through my days, really kind of look at what is their business needs. Right? In 2021, we're all setting our goals. We're looking at kind of our, our roadmap for this year and our planning. But having that conversation is what does the business need? And right? I think that's so important right now. And we have to really kind of have that conversation more and more is technology is great, but how is it serving the business? How is it serving the business uh, overall needs and wants? Right? You know, any business right now, especially because of the, the pandemic, is looking at making revenue, right? And surviving through this pandemic. Right? They're looking at making more and more revenue, see how they can you know, do that. And you're looking at business continuity. So some companies looked at streamlining their systems, going from on-prem prem solutions to cloud solutions. 
uh, remote work staff, where now they looked at how can we make sure that they're efficient, they have the tools that they need and keep the business going. Uh, well, how much of a cost is that going to be on the company and the organization? And how can we make that cost effective? Uh, Dr. Eric Cole said, and it was a great point he brought up was, you know, looking at it in the sense of companies now, instead of having maybe one or multiple locations, could have anywhere from 25 new locations to 200, depending on the staff and how many people they have. The lo locations now are every person working at home now is a remote location, a remote office. So you have to look at the cost for that to manage that. You look after the overhead, the security for that, policies, procedures, documentation, all has to be taken into consideration. And don't get me wrong, these are just reminders, but a lot of companies, this is what they had to do and go through when they transitioned is look at each of the remote you know, staff members and their locations as now remote offices, right? And looking at the overhead and the, the, the challenges around it and the costs around that. Some were very minimal because people were just using their home computers, they're logging into some remote systems and, and it wasn't that uh, cost effective on the business. Some people, well, in some companies went into the point where they're like, you know, we need to make sure you know, the desktops and laptops that the, the staff is using is locked down. So they had to make sure they had the, the correct operating system. They had VPN solutions. They had access to cloud. So you're looking at different licensing on top of that and just keeps growing. And then looking at the security measures, you know, looking at, you know, do they have a modem, right? Or, you know, a modem or router at home that they're using? Is it, you know, is it through a secure ISP? Do they make sure they have the security at home? Do they have antivirus, anti-malware? So they're now they're starting to list the things that has to be done that, you know, these companies would do at remote locations, right? But now they're doing at, you know, 50 different remote locations and making sure everyone's following the guidelines and policies. And then you look at cybersecurity awareness training and things along that line. So the the planning on that was, was huge in such a short period of time. Uh, now, uh, just to recap, uh, whoever's watching this, uh, if you're watching the video, comment uh, in the chat. If you're on YouTube or on Twitch, uh, let me know how you're doing. I'd love to just kind of connect with you and see, you know, what your goals are for this year. Uh, I know for me, like I say, there's just a lot going on from last year, just kind of recapping. And then going forward is what are we really going to be working on? What's the things that we should be looking at? And I want to have a dialogue about this because I, there's things that I'm seeing, but I'm sure there's things that I'm not seeing that I, you know, that other experts in certain fields or different industries are seeing that going, yeah, we need to look at this. So it could be uh, anywhere from, you know, compliance, governance, risk and compliance. It could be from technology and solutions, uh, you know, 24 seven monitoring, log monitoring. It could be implementing a new kind of uh, cloud security solution, CASB, whatever that may be. But there's all these different areas where companies now are like looking at this new year. What do we need to do? And how do we, you know, in our new infrastructure, our new business uh, model, how are we, you know, going to grow the business, not just maintain it? And I was listening to, I think it was even Pegan over the, the holidays and he talked about being stagnant, right? You're kind of maintaining your business. Well, no business and be honest with you. And, you know, I've run my own business, you know, in, in 2001, anyone that's in the higher level of a business will tell you. They're not thinking about maintaining their business. They want to keep growing it. They want to keep growing and keep growing and keep growing. How do we keep going to that next level, that next level? Even in a pandemic, what are ways we can bring revenue? What are the ways we can, you know, be more profitable? Right? Yes, we can cut costs over here, but what are the other things we can do to make some more money? 
And how that relates to security is while they're doing it, how are they securing all of that, the company, the organization, everything all together as they're implementing their marketing strategy, their sales strategy, their new uh, systems and solutions, their IT, how are they securing it as they're going through? Because as we're even looking at, um, I was trying to think, I had a conversation, I think it was last week about e-commerce, how e-commerce has just boomed through the roof, right? Because so many companies, especially small to mid-sized companies transitioned quickly over to you know e-commerce because some of them were retail stores, you know, physical locations that people had to come into the location to, to buy things. And they might have had a website, but when it came to e-commerce, it was minimal. It wasn't the point where you look at, you know, the larger organizations where they had a full e-commerce solution, supply chain management, inventory control, anything along that line, uh, maybe even PCI compliance, where these smaller companies had to do that overnight. Right? And they were doing, you know, switching that over. So now you look at when they did that, they did it so it was, and you look at CIA, confidentiality, data, integrity, and availability. Well, integrity and availability, and I always re reference to it as data integrity because it's the biggest thing when we come from security is you're looking at securing your data, making sure the data is integral, but that also means with the systems and everything along that line too. But talking about that, they were looking at, you know, you look at CIA, confidentiality, integrity, and availability. They were looking at the A of that, the availability. How can I make this accessible to my clients quickly? quickly, fast, so I can keep my business going, keep the revenues coming in. And, you know, you had all different solutions that are out there from Wix websites to people doing WordPress, whatever that may be, all trying to get up as quickly as possible, getting up, getting their inventory in, on, on, on the website and making sure that people can, I'm even trying to think there was even Shopify and things along that line, all trying to get that up, up as quickly as possible. So people can start to purchase and keep shopping. Well, again, that was to keep revenues going, to keep uh, the business growing and, and making sure that they had the business continuity, but also make sure revenues were still coming in. So having that business mindset, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this. Now, when you look at that, it's like, how does that relate to security, right? Because again, a lot of us have put on the security hat in conversation and talk about we're the best of breed, we're the best of injury, we're in the gardener top right corner, we're this, we're that, you know, we... You know, to do the, I'm just trying to think of the model. Again, I had a conversation on the holidays where people were talking about the old model was used to be, you know, we were trying to protect, you know, and stop any type of compromise. Well, now it's detect, respond, and remediate, right? It's DRR. Uh, and what people are trying to do is how fast can you detect, you know, a potential breach or someone that's trying to compromise your system? How fast can you respond and how fast can you remediate? That's the new security guidelines and model that a lot of companies are, are going by is having tools in place to be analytical, to analyze, to make sure that they can catch something quickly right? and then have the team respond have an instant response plan or a breach readiness response plan that now gets in, engaged and now they're responding to it. So what which means is that you have a response team that's working on it and that's responding to it. They potentially have some forensics information or uh, knowledge to be able to make sure that they don't, they collect as much data or information about the breach. And then they go through to looking at, you know, how to remediate as quickly as possible to keep the business going. And that mindset is now looking at the business as a whole is how can they keep business going? How can they keep it up? Because the security part is, yeah, like you're on top of your game. You're looking at, you know, looking at firewalls and, you know, different access points and databases and trying to secure all that the business on the top level is going, that's good. You're finding it. 
how fast can you remediate and how fast can you ma maintain and keep us up? And, you know, what's the impact? What's the loss of revenue? You know, is there any financial loss? Are going to, is there any liability? That's what they're thinking, you know, at this top level. And, and to go back, that's why that CCISO certification and book that I'm reading is that reminder is that's the things that we need to think about when we're talking about security. Not that, uh, oh, yeah, and the gardener top right and they can do that and they have UABA and this and AI technology and machine learning and all that. Okay, that's great. It's great we're evolving in technology, but how does it, how does it function? How does it relate to the business? How is the business going to benefit from this? And I think, thankfully, through these interviews, through these conversations, I'm learning more and more how essential that conversation is, how important it is to have those discussions, right? You, when you're talking to, you know, the IT guys and all that, they're are passionate about the technology, which is great. The question I always now start to ask is, okay, what's the business need? You know, what is the business need for this? And where, you know, what are they looking for? And how can we maintain business continuity? How are we look at the forecasting, the business, how is it going to help the business grow? And when you're talking that level, you bring in a lot more senior level people into the conversation to help to kind of drive the business, the cybersecurity program right? and the whole posture of the, the business and making sure that everything's looked after. And I mean, it's interesting as you, as, as you know, and as you go through this conversation with people and I'm sure you do, you start to see who's invested into the, the business and who's invested into these projects and the compliance and the security and the risk of it. And when those people come in, they give you their insight of what they need, what they need for their business unit, right? Is it for financial? Is it for HR? Is it for manufacturing? Is it for IT? You know, whatever that division is, they're, they're going to give you their insight of what they need for their department and how that needs to be secure. And when you have that, you kind of go, ah, okay. I see how that now works for the entire business as a whole versus, you know, you need a firewall, you need a unified threat management tool, you need a, a logging tool, you need some sort of SIM, you need that. But why? Why do you need a SIM? What is it about the SIM you need? Is it because you have compliance? Is it a compliance mandate? Is it a requirement from a vendor or supplier or partner that's driving that? Is it a, a driving factor from a client? A client that maybe is a bigger, larger, larger organization says, you know, for us to work with you, you need to be at this level of security. What is that that's driving the business need? And having that conversation has been really interesting to really understand business better, understand cybersecurity better and how it works in the day-to-day -day operations in an industry. So comment below. I'd love to hear kind of what you think and what's, what's your thought about this. And also, I'd love to know if this is kind of helping you look at cybersecurity in a different way. Because, you know, a lot of the times when you're sitting there, you're talking to guys that do pen testing and guys that do uh, security analysis, you know, research. They're very technical, smart, very intelligent guys. But it's all a lot of the times discussions on the technical side. Right. And then when you talk to them about the business, some of them, you know, good, good handful, maybe even more have that that ability to kind of cross over. But some guys are just truly just deep in the technology. Right? And then talking about the business, you know, it can be a little bit more challenging. Not saying they can't do it. It's just a skill to learn. Right. And this is why for me, my journey as I'm going through this is to study this. It's not the point where I know this. I'm sharing to you right now what I'm studying, right? What I'm learning, what I'm reading and it to help to kind of not only help me to solidify what I'm, what I'm learning, 
but also on that side is to share with you so that you can implement it and you can practice it. And as we work together and we collaborate and you watch these podcasts and these live streams, you'll be able to implement it with the people that you speak to and provide better value. And that's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, it's to be able to provide better value to the people that we work with so that they understand how security works for them specifically. Not that everyone needs a firewall. Everyone needs you know, uh, a SIM. Everyone needs uh, some sort of log monitoring. Is that the case? Who knows, right? You have to understand what the business need is. What's the individual's need, right? Where are they coming from? You know, is it a nice to have or is it essential to the business operations and solution, right? So it's good to have that conversation and really dive, dive into that. And I recommend if you're in cybersecurity, really look at the softer, the administrative controls and the business side of cybersecurity to kind of put on that hat as well. Just to understand both sides. If you're technically driven, it's good. I mean, keep doing that. If you're into pen testing, it doesn't matter what area of pen testing, if it's Wi-Fi, uh, IoT, databases, websites, whatever, keep doing that. But also, when you have time, learn about the business side of cybersecurity. Learn about that side because I think it will provide more value as you're having conversations and you're hearing in boardrooms, in meetings, in Zoom calls, you know, go to meeting. Uh, Google Hangouts, whatever that may be, you can really see where people are coming from and be able to provide more value on how what you're sharing is going to relate to their business. And I think that's really important to, to have that conversation. And again, like I said, I'm, I'm sharing this right now is because I'm just seeing so much of the conversation as I'm going, talking to you know experts in the field and their business and having these conversations and understanding the real need and want when it comes to cybersecurity is helping me to advise them on what I'd recommend. And don't be, get me wrong. You know, my job is a cybersecurity account executive. And at the end of the day, you know, the objective is to sell, to sell kind of, you know, our services and, you know, our offerings. But for me, it's not that, you know. It's more about providing value and being that consultative role that I can give them advice, recommendations, and help them through their journey, you know, or bring team members in. Like, I don't know everything. I'm probably, when you look at this, I was remember talking to a colleague several years ago when we were at HP at a, a private security uh, event, and they were sharing with me, like, and I was just breaking into the field and into cybersecurity full time. And they're saying, okay, you, you know what you know about cybersecurity? I'm like, yeah, I know, but like this much. They go, no, no, keep going lower, smaller. They think of it as just a dot. That's a dot you know. Now think about how big this room is. That's how much you know about cybersecurity. And that dot's going to get a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger, and then it's going to shift. It's going to go a little bit right. It's going to be a little left, and you're going a little bit more, and then it's going to shift, and it's going to be different. And I'm like, oh, I get it. So I understand, right? No ego, no nothing. I know a little bit. I know that dot, and in my space, what I know but I need other experts that I'm working with. That's why I bring people in from, you know, different expertise to do interviews with, to learn from them. Right. Eric Cole. I bring in, uh, Neil, uh, Bridges, my, my buddy, uh, Alan, like all these other experts that I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing and bringing in. It's not just for me to, to share with you guys. It's also for me to learn. This is kind of a selfish thing for me is I'm learning from these guys as I'm interviewing them, asking them questions and they're providing their value. I'm kind of like, yeah, wow, that's awesome to learn. And it's something that I can provide value as I'm going through. And so this is why I'm sharing this with you 
is to help you get the value that I'm learning. And hopefully you're able to implement it. Maybe this is just a reminder or maybe there's something new. If it's new, perfect. If it's a reminder, awesome. At least then you can go and implement it with the people that you're talking to and provide them value. And this helps to make the cybersecurity industry better each and every time because now what happens is we constantly keep sharing. We constantly keep helping each other and provide a better security posture, more mature, and with better understanding. It's just not this technical sale that, oh my God, you need this and that's what it is and you're, you burn and turn, right? You kind of get in, sell something and then get out. That's not how, you know, fortunate to use auto the company I work with. That's not how they work. That's not how I work. So it's, it's, it's been a really great alignment for me. It's more a consultative role being, you know, a business friend, a business partner that we really try to help. And that's why I've loved. And that's why I love to be able to do these podcasts is to be able to do that right? To be able to share and provide that value. So uh, that's kind of my rant right now. I know I covered a lot of information, a lot going on when it comes to cybersecurity. A little recap again, you know, there's been a lot happening last, uh, last year, ransomware attacks, software breaches, patch management, uh, cloud security, just trying to think of anything else. Uh, cybersecurity awareness was a kind of a big thing just to be mindful of. Uh, just a lot going on. And I think right now it's, it's time to kind of do a recap and then look at from that recap, what do you want to work on this year? Where do you find your gaps? Where do you find, do you know where your gaps are first and foremost? If you don't work with a company and organization to establish those kind of find out, okay, we were here, our security postures over here right? We know we need to be over here. What's the gap in between these two? And what do we need to work on this year? Now you might be a mature company and you know what those gaps are. Perfect. You know, how are you going to work on those, you know, tasks and items and projects this year, right? And maintaining business continuity and making sure that revenue is growing and things along that line. Uh, again, love to hear your comment below. Uh, just let me know what you think. Uh, going to give you another recap here. I'm just trying to look at I got uh, an email, just a reminder. I wanted to let you guys know if you're uh, following me and want to come out to an event, I have a talk. I've been invited to speak at an event. I'm just bringing it up here. Uh, just give me a second here. It is at Info Security, uh, InfoSecConsultCon.com. Uh, and actually, here, let me bring this up. Give me a second here. this up here and you guys can see it yeah this will show you kind of the just trying to bring it up here there we go So yeah, what you can see here, this is uh, one of the events that I've been invited to speak at this year, uh, which I'm excited about. Uh, you can see go behind the scenes with uh, 20 plus world-class InfoSec consultants and then entrepreneurs experts. Uh, the website, so you know, uh, again, I'm going to say uh, spell it out here is InfoSec, 
I-N-F-O-S-E-C, consult, C-O-N-S-U-L-T, C-O-N.com. And then as you scroll down, you're going to see kind of the ticket value. Uh, Get my free ticket now. Uh, So it's a free event. Uh, Like I mentioned, Dr. Cole, uh, Chris, Perry Knoll. I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm just trying to see here. I think I'm near the bottom here. And then you can see my pretty mug there. Uh, make the transition from two consulting and, and areas of opportunities now. So just really talking about the different areas of cybersecurity and things people can break into. Cause I, I get that asked that quite a bit now is what can I jump into? What's, what's the next thing? Or, you know, I'm, I'm interested in getting into cybersecurity. Where do I go? So really talking about, you know, from what I'm seeing with the industry and where is it going and giving people, I, you know, ideas of how to break in and different opportunities, especially with the pandemic, we're still, there's still a lot of shortage. Still, a lot of short of a, of qualified resources that that people, you know, companies are looking for right now. Companies are looking for expertise in certain areas to be able to to grow and develop and uh, support their organization. So it could be anywhere from security analysts, pen testers. Uh, I know uh, policies and governance, like you name it. Like there's, it doesn't stop. So being an expert in the in the field. Uh, might help you to kind of look at, or at least growing into the field. I'm not going to say an expert, but at least growing a certain area and, and looking at your five-year plan is really important too. So you can develop in these areas. You can kind of look at any type of area in cybersecurity and just now start to build out now. And, you know, because there's a shortage, if you get us, you know, I'm going to even look at thinking security plus, CompTIA security plus, get that certification. I think it takes about 90 days to do it study that get it get that under your belt at least you can start looking at you know security analyst jobs and things along that line right level one and just getting into an organization so that shows you uh kind of what i'm going to be working on uh give me a second here uh, and yeah let's go through some some articles and stuff uh things that i've been seeing here uh give me a second here i'm just going to bring up i'm going to bring up this article it's a uh, 2020 and 21 predictions. So one of the things I was I was looking at, you know, I was just kind of reading some through some articles is uh, the 2021 predictions holistic centralized uh, centralized holistic centralized software defined and automated security that is everywhere. Uh, so the truth is that 2020 has jolted a security reality that will have long-lasting or long-standing consequences in 2020 and beyond. Upskilling security professionals, what I just talked about, is a constant need on a pre- uh, prediction list, but it's also it will reach peak levels in 2020 as as criminals or cyber criminals make a meal of vulnerabilities using advanced technologies such as ML, machine learning, and AI technology. Uh, so kind of going through this article, I'm going to actually post a link to this article. Uh, give me a second here. I'm going to post a link to the article, uh, in the, in the, actually not in the comments, but actually in the description later after the, the podcast on the recording, but it goes through and looks at, you know, cloud, uh, SASE, a software defined everything. Uh, so software as a service software, you know, as a platform, you know, so a lot of cloud solutions. And kind of talks about you know different challenges that work my workload and migration to the cloud will continue to grow through 2021 which means that cyber cloud attacks are going to increase uh very interesting to think about 
especially when you look at the amount of cybersecurity, uh, cybersecurity cloud expert there's out there. There's from what I've been told and what I'm hearing, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, comment below if you hear something different, but there's a shortage of them. The short of guys that really know cloud security, right? So being able to have experts or companies that you work with, you know, even some MSSPs that are cloud focused and have cloud security experts to be able to secure your cloud instance. And let's go back over it. And this is probably a review to, you know, you guys that are watching this that understand cloud, but I want to make sure this is really hit home. I know I talked this about time and time again, when you have cloud a cloud instance. It's a shared security responsibility, which basically means is that the company that you're working, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, whatever that may be, has a certain level of security that they will do. The rest, the other side is your responsibility. So what you put on the cloud instance, platform, infrastructure, software is your responsibility. You are responsible for uploading it, implementing it, maintaining it, and securing it. Majority, almost all, from what I understand, and uh, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, majority of the cloud uh, solution providers only secure the hardware, the infrastructure, meaning the actual environment. So the, you know, the, the data center or where the clouds is actually the center that all the servers are stored. So they'll make sure the access controls, uh, cameras, things like that, uh, making sure that everything's cooled and there's, you know, fire repression and like all those things, like everything to protect the, the hardware environment is done. Right. And they'll make sure that people can't, you know, come in and steal the hard drives and things along that line. But when it comes to what's on the cloud, what's on that, you know, instance, you're responsible for it. And I want to hit that home. And I know it's redundant for a lot of people that are listening to this that know this, but I've just been hearing so many companies, small to medium size, that are still learning what the cloud really does, thinking that, oh, you know, the terms of service, the cloud solution provider, they do security. But when you go, do you know what level of security you're, you're getting? Do you understand that? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're securing everything. And then when you walk, get them to walk through the terms of service, they realize a lot of times it's not that their instance that's up there HR, financial, data, marketing, whatever that may be is up there. Now it's been completely open to the public. Then they're kind of freaking out like, oh my God, I didn't know that. Now their MSP, and I'll use this as an example, some MSPs that work with them are pretty good at securing the cloud and doing that. But it's always good to have an outside party validate their security, right? Just to kind of go through and make sure everything is hardened, right? And it's not to say these MSPs are not good at what they're doing. It's just a validation because you want to make sure the guy, same people that are setting up are not the same people that are validating the security, that you have a third party to confirm the security and that things are done properly just to make sure. Because again, it's it's the worst case where you're like, okay, I'm all secure. Everything's up and going. And then you get compromised. And then you're like, what the hell? You know, and you call, I'm going to use John Doe. You call John Doe, who's from part of your MSP team and going, I thought you guys secured. And they're like, I thought it was secure. Well, how'd they get in? And they're like, I don't know. You know, I guess it's somewhere else. And they start pointing fingers and everyone kind of directs it out of their way. And then what you'll find is when someone does like a security evaluation or forensics investigation, they find out something wasn't secure. Passwords, 
open ports, you know, open access, you know, places, whatever that may be. And just one of those things that now the business owner and the people are just so frustrated because they thought it was done correctly. So make sure when it goes to any cloud type solution, you do your due diligence. You make sure that the team that's setting up has done it correctly. And then you have a validation strategy that you go through and then make sure all the security is validated. Um, user monitoring to secure data is another thing they're talking about. Data is the new oil for business. And what that means is basically it's, it's so important, right? It's so, um, I guess the best way to say it is such a, a risk to lose. And as we know, when it comes to oil and things along that line, we're like, you know, it's a commodity that we don't want to lose and we want to, you know, just hold and, and protect. Well, data is the new oil of business, which implies it needs to be closely guarded. We have also evidence uh, surge is online retail, digital logistic capabilities, and the intelligent edge growth beyond just uh, Internet of Things. This has resulted in data explosion and, and data lakes are now being exposed to access from devices outside the corporate network, making them a soft target. So what that basically means, and just to clarify, if you, you get that, awesome. If you don't, I just want to kind of clarify, people that are moving to the cloud right now are giving access to the cloud for all different solutions, devices, hardware. Right? And this is what they're saying, dig, uh, digital logic capabilities, logistic capabilities, and the intelligence edge growth beyond just IoT. So other devices, other technologies are getting access to the cloud. Um, trying to use automated vehicles, uh, trying to think of other things that I've been hearing. Uh, drones, other different devices, right, are, are getting access to the cloud. And if they don't have a security protocol, encryption, to from device to the actual location, they don't have that uh, storage locked down in that cloud. Now the point is now the data can be uh, basically stolen. I mean that's the best way to say, it. and it can be compromised in some in any different way because people can just get in. All right, so this has resulted in a data ex explosion and a data lake. So basically, when the explosion is that there's so much data coming up on now to the cloud that now. And I don't, I hate to say this, right? I don't like to always go into the scarcity mode, but it becomes now a target, right? A target for hackers because they know, right? On average, not all the people, but on average, they know that people that are compromised, or I guess what the best way to say it is, I don't want to be negative, but people that are setting up these cloud solutions and doing all that are having challenges to lock them down and secure them. And these, these hackers know that. So that's where they're going to go. Just like when we had, when people went from uh, working at the offices to working remote, hackers knew that, well, they're probably not going to lock them down as secure as they should be. So guess what we're going to do? We're going to hack people at home. We're going to compromise them at home. We're going to socially engineer them. We're going to attack them at their, at their home because potentially, knock on wood, they haven't done much security, right? So with them not doing much security, guess what? Leaves them completely open. We're going we're gonna to go right after them. So now we look at the cloud. They they know more and more people are going to the cloud with really confidential private data, things that they need to secure. And like they say here, data is the new oil. Well, then now they know that if they go after that, the potential for them to breach that, you know, ransomware and get some more money is very high. So something to look at. Uh, embedded security for containers to apps, 
The use of containers is exploding, and the global market insight claims that overall market will cross uh, 2.4 billion valuation by 2024. This is driving demand for container level security policies and module ops. Uh, your where security is uh, baked into each application at the start of development. This will add to the zero trust efforts embraced by CSOs, uh, chief security officers, and when effective SASE uh, solutions are developed, uh, we will start to to we will start to evidence the uh, efficiencies of instinct instinctive or instinctive and software defined security. So basically what, what I'm understanding that is that as we start to look at breaking up the uh, coding and doing it in the kind of a container type model, it is actually giving a more secure environment. So, and helping to secure, you know, applications as we're seeing more and more applications kind of getting deployed and developed. It's something that we're looking at. So aligned to the uh, this, automation will flex its muscles as businesses facing budget constraints, the prospects of a recession, a flat market will need to stretch each dollar, but as much as automation will move up the uh, the needs list for the business, it will uh, herald in the new risk factors. Again, raise the need for per pervasive security that is baked into process applications and containers for this from the start. So again, this comes down to uh, OWASP and different types of security models that you're using to build out applications, looking at how you're doing that. So something that's kind of something to look at. Uh, remote is the new default. So remote access to the cloud, remote uh, system management, remote monitoring, remote working is officially the new norm. I'd love to hear what you guys think. I'd love to hear, do you think right now when you look at uh, the remote, is this now our new norm? Is this what we're going to be going from 2021 on? We're not really going to go back into working in offices. Most of the environments now are going to be working remotely and we're going to have remote access. We're going to have remote, you know, systems. We're going to be doing a lot more remote. Love to hear what your thoughts are on that. My opinion is, I think it is. I think now business that were maybe more nervous about it, more cautious about going remote, we're forced to do it. And now seeing that it worked. So the potential will be maybe even a hybrid solution of that. Well, they're going to have some people still in the office, you know, coming in on certain days. But I think the majority of people will be still be working from home. That's just my opinion. I want to see how this rolls out in 2021. But I think that they're seeing that. Why do we need the overhead of having a massive location when we just have to make sure that we're already paying for laptops, desktops, uh, you know, licensing for the software, anything like that? Why don't they just work from home and we can downsize the actual location and be more cost effective and have hoteling offices that when people want to come in, they can't. Right? And this is kind of my thought. I'd love to hear kind of what you think about this. Uh, so they're saying the pandemic may have driven us into our homes, but how users have embraced the change and the rapid digitalization of services and, mar and march to the cloud will see a continuation of remote working. Uh, with the shifts, security agility, with the new uh, frontier of workforces evolving alongside the lessons learned from the pandemic. So I do think that this is potentially kind of long-term. And then this author was uh, from Tim Woods, Vice President of Technology Alliance, uh, Firewood. So that was a great article that I thought, you know, looking forward on our predictions of 2000, 2021, some, some things to kind of look at and see what you guys thought about that. 
this article I'm going to post into the the comments or actually sorry in the description uh, when I post this later. If you want to check this out, it's uh, on CISOMAG.ecouncil.org. Uh, uh, you can check that out. I'm going to actually put this in the chat so you guys can see it here. If you're on YouTube or on Twitch, uh, check that out and just post it there. Uh, trying to think if there's anything else. think that's it for today. Uh, like I said, I just want to kind of cover uh, what I was thinking, what was really kind of going on in the industry. Uh, give me a second here. Bring this all back. Yeah, I just want to really kind of cover that and just kind of share the different areas that I'm seeing when it comes to cybersecurity and what it really to kind of look at for 2021 cloud cybersecurity awareness, you know, look at your alerts and auditing, you know, making sure you're detecting your detection protocols and your systems are in place. Governance is huge right now, making sure you have governance policies in place that you've reviewed them. Uh, last year, I was talking about this a lot uh, going back through all your instant response plans, all your disaster recovery, making sure everything's up to date, especially when you have outside partners and vendors right, that you work with that provide services, making sure that they can still deliver. Right? Because there was a few companies I talked to, a very small handful, where they contacted their MSP and they were no longer in business. Right? And it's just because the larger companies that they were working with, you know, and they had just a handful, you know, were holding out payments because they were trying to look at business continuity, which then affected the lower guys. And then, you know, they couldn't sustain their business model. So it wasn't a fault. It was just really like a fault on the, the MSS, MSP. It was more just this pandemic and how it affected so many different companies. And knowing that you want to make sure that your partners and your team are in place so that what happens if there's anything that happens, you have the right team in place, the right response, the SLAs are in place, the service level of agreements that you, if you have an expectation of a four hour, eight hour, 12 hour response time, it's still being delivered because they're not short staff. They didn't lay off people to keep their business going. So it's important really to kind of look at all those aspects. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Cloud, talked about that. Uh, going back through your cloud security, make sure your cloud instance and all that is, is secure. Uh, it's all hardened, which is extremely important. It's uh, again with with people moving over from on-prem, right, to cloud solutions. Make sure that's completely locked down. Um, just trying to think if there's anything else. I think that's it. I think that was it for kind of what to look for. Oh, let's go. I'm just going to put my business hat on right now. Let's make sure that we're having the conversation, right? As we're doing this, as we're planning this, looking at the business first. What does the business need? Right? We're talking about cloud and cybersecurity awareness training. We're talking about compliance. We're talking about alerting and monitoring and all that great stuff. But how is it going to benefit the company? How is it going to protect the, the organization, the, the, the company moving forward in 2021? What are these measures that are going to be essential for the business to maintain its you know, resilience, its business continuity? And I think that's huge and so important to think about that as you're looking at these areas, right? Look at the financial, looking at the resources, looking at the planning, the project, the rollout. You know, is it, you know, fiscally feasible to do that? Can you afford that? Can the company afford it? And if so, what's the not the the ultimate solution, like gold standard? But what solution will work for the business to get that level of security, that posture? 
right? And being agnostic myself, right? When I talk to different solutions to, about, you know, for companies, it doesn't have to be the Ferrari, right? It could be, you know, a reliable Honda, right? That does the job, gets it done, make sure that you're protected and it does it day in and day out. Right? And I use Honda as an example because, I mean, I owned a Honda Accord and that thing lasted for like 12 years. It was a beast, right? And it just, you know, I drew it, I drove it to the ground. But something along that line for your business, you don't have to have a Ferrari and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars where you can spend, you know, $50,000, $100,000, right? That might be that, you know, cap, uh, capital expense. But then you have that for three to five years and you're making sure you're able to maintain that for your business ongoing. Now, I use that as an example. That's not saying exactly, right? But just using that as an example of just different ways to think, right? And I think that conversation is so important to have uh, just because, again, I'm seeing this time and time again, guys going in talking about we're the best solution, we're, we're the top ranked solution. This is, you know, the things that you need and realizing, do they really need that? Is that really feasible for their business? Is it something that they can really work with? What's with what's going on in their organization there and their industry? And and being able to have empathy and, and understanding really helps to provide the people that you're working with that type of value and that understanding. Right? Especially when they can go, okay, they get it. They're not just trying to pitch or sell me something. They understand my business and they're just giving recommendations and guidance and see. What's the best solution? What can help to stay, keep the business going and keep them protected? So that's it for today's uh, podcast and stream. Uh, it's episode number 246. It's awesome. I'm 246 episodes in. Wow. You know, they say that if you do 10 you be through 10, you've kind of made it. And, um, I'm up to 246. So I'm really excited to be able to help and just can provide support and, and, and really give guidance for 2021 to help as many people as I can. So I'm going to end off the video here. I'm just going to remind you, don't forget, software is hackable, being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next Daily Cyber.